0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Thank you for joining us on Australia Day. Happy Australia Day to you. If you are visiting, on the right-hand side over there, we've got a connections lounge, and we'd just love to take a moment to come and meet you after the service. That would be really, really good. In the year 1606, Captain Pedro Fernandez de Curios was one of the early explorers and he stood on the lands of Australasia and made this speech. He said, Let the heavens, the earth, the waters with all their creatures and all those present witness that I, Captain Pedro, in the name of Jesus Christ, hoist this emblem of the Holy Cross on which Christ's person was crucified and whereon he gave his life for the ransom and remedy of all the human race. On this day of Pentecost, 14th of May 1606, I declare that all this part of the South, as far as to the Pole, in the name of Jesus, which from now on shall be called Australia del Espirito Santo, or translated, the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. The Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Was this something new? Was this something that just happened in 1606? Or was it a truth that had always been true? Captain Pedro just had a revelation of it in this moment. In Genesis 1, the creation story goes like this. Genesis 1, 1, I'll read it for you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the, the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters." See, this was not new, was it? That the Holy Spirit, the presence of God was on the earth. The Spirit of God had always been here. He was just bringing it to our awareness. I love the story of Jacob in Genesis 28. Jacob's running away from his brother Esau, and he falls asleep. He sleeps on a rock as a pillow, if you know the story. And he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Isaiah had a similar revelation in one of his prophecies in Isaiah 6, verse 3. He said, a Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The psalmist in Psalm 33, verse 5, says, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Captain Pedro, this was not a new concept, but rather an awakening of what had always been. My question this morning is, do we need something new? Do we need a fresh outpouring or do we just need an awakening of what has always been true? I've titled this message, Wake Up Australia, because I think it's time that we need to wake up that our God is here, He's moving, He's active, and that we get to be a part of it. My hope today is that we would be awakened to what is and has always been, that we would see the earth is full of the presence of God, that this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Wake up, Australia. God is here. Our land is full of His goodness. So I've got three things this morning that I think as Australians we need to wake up to. Are you ready? Number one, we need to wake up to the privilege. Do you know that we're privileged and blessed to be here this morning? Do we agree with that? I think a lot of times in generations have passed, maybe we're more thankful for what we had than what we have Now I know the generations before it did a lot harder than my generation had to be and so on and so forth. So so there becomes this familiarity and we know the problem with familiarity is that it breeds content. And we we don't understand the sacrifice that people had paid. Captain Pedro had a revelation of something great that we agree on. This is a great land and the presence of God is here. It's everywhere. We're so blessed. Who drove here this morning? If you own a car, you're in the top 17% of the world the top 17% of the world own a car. Our homes, our average home size is 230 square meters. In parts of the world, like China, it's 46 square meters. Some of our garages are bigger than their homes. And our garages just store stuff that we don't use. Is that right? We're so privileged. We have access to health care, which is largely free of charge. I didn't walk five kilometers to get drinking water this morning, did you? I can't even remember the last time I walked five kilometres. Can you? (laughs) We're privileged for our religious freedoms. Are you? I'm thankful that I can come here this morning. I didn't put my life at risk by coming to church this morning. Are you thankful for that? We're so privileged. Your life isn't in danger because you're a Christian. In Australia, you're not a target because you attend a church. And that you can attend a great church like this free of charge. Legitly free of charge. Which leads to the second question which I have to mention because Pastor Boren will listen to this. <laughs> we give because a precedent was said in the Bible they would give 10% of what we have. And, and it's not a, a law and it's not something that we do out of obligation, but it's something that for me and Kim and I personally, we do because we believe that it's good to put God first in every area of our lives. And giving a 10th or giving a tithe to God, we, we actually give to God, not to church on a side note. And I believe that when we give to God, He blesses the rest. And not only that, it gets our focus and our attention off ourselves because I don't need help thinking about myself. Can I get an amen? So that's why we give, but free of charge, you can come to church like this. In, in January 1, 1901, we became a representative de- democracy, which means that we get a say, that we get a vote. I'm thankful for that, are you? That we get to elect our immediate leaders and, and then they govern our country as a team. Australia is a very privileged nation. Would you agree? I think sometimes we need to visit or go on missions trips. And, and, and a lot of the time we have this awesome ambition that we're going to bless the world, that we're going to change so many lives. But do you know the life that gets changed the most when we go? It's, it's ours. It's us. I remember the two times I've been to India with our Reaching Thousands team and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good, man. India is going to be blessed because I'm there. It's like, looking back, it's like, how arrogant were you, Caleb? Like, you're the answer to the world's problems. You know, you go and India's gonna change India, and, and, and that's great, and it does. It impacts it for sure, and it impacts individual lives, but the biggest impact it had was on me. It was on those of us that have gone, or maybe you've been on a holiday to a developing nation, and you've been, wow, and you've come back, and all of a sudden, it's like your budget isn't as tight as it was when you left. Those necessities that you needed before you went over there, all of a sudden, you come back, and they're luxuries. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And it puts things in perspective. We are so, so privileged to be here. Whether you've been here for generations or whether you're new to Australia, welcome. But we all have the same platform that we build on from here. And what are we going to do with that? We all have the same opportunity from this point forward. What are we going to do with it? Sometimes our affluence is a hindrance from us increasing our awareness of God because in Australia, honestly... We really only need God when we're sick. We really only need God when we're going through tough situations because a lot of the time we can coast through because of the privilege that we have. Let us not forget the words of Jesus in Luke twelve forty-eight. He said, for, for everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. That hurts, doesn't it? I feel like we've been given a lot and I think there's a lot required of us. And that's okay. Do you know why? Because point number two, we need to wake up to the partnership. You see, this life would be really hard if I was just to get up here and say, hey, do this, do that, do this. You're so privileged, now do something with it. You've got to give an account for your life. If we didn't have the promise of partnership. See, Jesus alluded to this a lot. And and even my own personal faith journey, in years gone by, it's been like, God is somewhere else and someplace else and he's kind of off there and my job is kind of to respect him, attend church and try not to sin and try not to do the wrong thing. Has anyone ever lived like that in their faith journey before? And that's great and it was good for a season but I actually think there's such a deeper, more real level and opportunity for us all today. I'm trying to live it now. I call it partnership where we have an awareness that like Captain Pedro, that God is everywhere and we get to partner with him in the redemption process of our world. It's not a matter of pulling God down, but rather us partnering with him. Jesus used the word abide to describe this. And it's the kind of partnership that I'm talking about. It's kind of what he intended humanity to be, that we would abide in partnership with him. In John 15, I'm going to read it for you. It's quite a well-known passage, but John 15, verse 1, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. He wears vines, obviously. He dresses in vines. Tough crowd. <laughs> verse 2 Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Have you ever had that feeling like you've been doing all the right things yet? hard situations come, and and you thought that if you applied this formula, then life would magically get better? Like, maybe sometimes it's just a pruning so that we can be more fruitful, and God wants to not just bless us with what we've got now, not just use us for what He's used us with already, but maybe there's something greater that He's preparing us for. He prunes us so we can produce more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Verse 4, now abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide, has anyone been counting this abide count, anyone? Does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather gather them up and throw them into the fire and they will be burnt. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, this word abide it means to be one with God. Some of the other translations, when you look it up in the in a concordance, it talks about remaining, it talks about abiding, it talks about so sojo- uh, sojourning, or um, to tarry. You know, that, it's been an old word to tarry, but but there's this waiting sometimes. There, there's this space, and maybe you've experienced this in your walk with God, where it feels like almost you're stuck. Do you know that sometimes you can be, feel like you're stuck, but be right where God needs you in the moment? Habakkuk says this, hey, write the vision down, make it plain, so those who read it, no way, not that bit. Um, Habakkuk, where are we talking about? Habakkuk 2, it says, though the vision tarry, wait for it, wait for it, though the vision tarry, wait for it. Sometimes there's a waiting in our abiding with God. Abide is, is means not to depart, to continue to be present. Some of us in our situations, we just need to continue to be present with where we're at. To be held or kept continually, to continue to be, not to perish, to last, to endure, to survive, to live, to remain as one, not to become another or different, to wait, to wait. You see, our Christianity has to become more than just Identification. Would you agree? It has to become more than just what we write in that box where it asks us for our religion. Our Christianity has to become so much more than that. I would love it to get to this place where we would be abiding, where we would be in the moment and we would have our eyes open and our ears open just like Captain Pedro did that we could see God moving in our land that we would believe that he wanted to use us in the moment. Church, we need to be in the moment. Kim was at the doctor's the other day, and we were um, I went to the chemist next door to grab some things, you know, fill the script as you do. And um, I've got Jethro with me. Jethro's four, and like, who, who knows like a four-year-old right now? Or who can remember when they had a four-year-old? And there's just a lot of questions. Can I get an amen? And, um, you know, there's a big line at the chemist. It's a pretty busy chemist, so we're, we're in the line. And so, you know, the questions just keep coming, so I pull out the phone, I'm like texting Kim back, because she's texting me about something, and, and then I get an excuse me from behind me, and you know? I turn around, and there's a lady, I'm, I don't know, maybe 75 or something, and she goes, excuse me, Dad, I'm like, oh, yes, she's like, do you know your son is talking to you? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I heard him, Yep. Yeah. she's like, <laughs> and she just ripped me, <laughs> she's like, Dad, you need to be in the moment, like, You only get this one opportunity to parent this child, and he's asked you a question, Dad, and you didn't respond. And I'm, oh, man, this is full on. It was intense. So then I felt bad. I put the phone away. Even though I'd answered the previous 99 questions in the shop, the one that I didn't answer was the one that mattered, apparently. But how many times have we missed the God opportunities because we're not in the moment. I seem to have a habit of like, I don't know, maybe I just look like a rookie parent. I'm not sure. We took, I took Kim out to dinner for her 30th, and only a couple of weeks ago it was, and honey, our little daughter was like two weeks old, so we took her with us or something, and Kim had to go to the bathroom. I was waiting for the lineup to get into the restaurant, and, and then I get an excuse me. I'm like, yes, and they're like, I feel like your baby's, sorry, we don't mean to pry, but I feel like your baby's overheating the pram because it's got the cover on. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. Awesome. Um, it's pretty cold and, you know, she's just got a little onesie on her feet and hands are out. I'll, and then I continue to get a speech about <laughs> how babies can overheat in prams and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a target for it. but sometimes we just need to be in the moment. Seriously, in the moment, if what Captain Pedro was true, if what Moses wrote in the book of Genesis is true, if what Jacob realized in Genesis, if what Isaiah wrote, if what the psalmist wrote, if God's presence is everywhere, then we need to be attuned to the moment and ready to partner with God in our day-to-day life. It's not this highlights real, but it's just a daily like Jethro, a billion questions, a billion opportunities for us to impact our world and the ones that we come across in our day-to-day life. Are we abiding in him? Wake up to the partnership that he has for us. Number 3, we need to wake up to our purpose. Our purpose is to our purpose is connection with him. Connected to produce fruit, John 15 tells us. You see, we don't have to strive or struggle, but we need to rather allow His love and His grace to flow through us. True fruitfulness isn't us striving to make God happy and to make God proud of us and that I can earn salvation, I'm going to earn this and I'm going to build my mansion in heaven. I don't think that's true faithfulness. True faithfulness was being connected to Him. That's what Jesus taught. True faithfulness was was that I would be be faithful in the mundane, that in those moments I would be in the moment and that I would give God authority to prune, to uproot, to pull out, to adjust things in my life. John 15 verse seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This almost sounds like a formula to get what you want. Does anyone read it like that sometimes? Let's read it again. If you abide in me and and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And it shall be done. Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Is this saying that all I need to do is pray or ask God for whatever I want and he has to give it to me? Is Is that what this is saying? No. No, not at all. My words, his teaching... His way of living, this word desire, the key I think is in this word desire, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. You see, I actually feel like when we first abide in Him, our desire shifts. Have you noticed? Just like my India example, our desire shifts when we see people with nothing, <laughs> all of a sudden, the the bigger house or, or the flash of car isn't as important as we once thought. The next iPhone doesn't change our world the way we thought it was going to. Our Christianity shifts. It becomes less about self. It becomes less about a personal gain, less about our identification. It, it changes into a new perspective where we desire all to experience what we have. Like we've been forgiven we desire that others would be forgiven. The grace that we've received, we would want to pass that grace on to every single person that we come in contact with and, and that we would be empowered by a loving God. My purpose is to allow His desire to become my desire. When His desire becomes my desire, when we wake up to our purpose, we realize that our purpose is found in Him, that our desires need to become His desires. Then, when we ask for our desires, we're really asking for His. Any, anyway, God isn't just this genie. We watched Aladdin the other day because we're working through Disney Plus with Jethro, and we have movie night once a week. And God's not this genie that we rub the bottle and we get three opportunities to ask for big things so that we can get what we want in life. God's not like that. But he has a desire for each and every one of us. He has a purpose that's unfolding for our world and we get to be a part of it. Is our desire becoming more like his desire? Is our desire that we would see the world and everyone in it the way that he does? Is our desire that we would want not more for self and less for others but more for all? We want what he wants. My desire, so much so, is that I would partnership with God, but then my purpose would become his purpose. And it's not a far-out, crazy, I don't even think it's a naive idea that we could be partners with him in our purpose and in our desires. We want what he wants. The revelation that Captain Pedro had, that God, you are here, and this truly is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. I believe that's our prayer today on Australia Day. Not that it was anything new then and not that it's anything new now, no. But our revelation of it can be. Hey God, you're everywhere. Hey God, I want to partner with you. Show me your purpose can we pray? God, on Australia Day 2020, God, this morning, God, we ask, Lord, that you would just realign our focus. God, just like this Captain Pedro prophesied, God, that this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that we would believe it. God, that we would wake up to the privilege that we've been given. And God, that we would see, Lord, that, that this isn't just so that we can enjoy it and we can just make the most of it while others suffer. But God, I pray, Lord, that we would use it to bring about redemptive change in our world. God, I pray, Lord, that you would awake us to the partnership and the purpose that we have in you. God, let our desires become your desires, we pray. And God, I just pray, Lord, that as we pray, Lord, let us not just pray selfishly, but God, give us a bigger view of your world and your purpose on this earth. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Why don't you come, Dan?